Welcome everyone. This is No Need to Argue with Kobe Wittick. Welcome October. It is October 1st. I am fired up, ready to go. We got the Denver Broncos against the Kansas City Chiefs tonight on Monday Night Football in Denver. It is going to be a crazy, crazy atmosphere. I am so excited uh, to see how this game plays out. I know it's going to be a tough battle for the Broncos, but I am definitely jazzed up. I was very, very excited this morning for the Colorado Rockies and the tiebreaker game against the Los Angeles Dodgers today started at 2 o'clock, but the Rockies are not looking good whatsoever. Again, the offensive woes really struggling in Los Angeles, but I'll talk about that later in the show a little bit more. But that game's still going on. Rockies are down 5-0 in the bottom of the sixth. Uh, not looking good. Marquez lasted just uh, four and two-thirds and got pulled after another two-run bomb against the Dodgers. So uh, definitely rough. I mean, we're in the playoffs, but nothing to celebrate here with the outing that they're showing and having to play another game tomorrow if they end up losing this one, which it looks like they will, is going to be a tough turnaround going to Chicago to play the Cubs in Chicago. Uh, you know, this time of year is going to be difficult, but like I said, we'll definitely talk about that a little bit more down the show. Excited, you know, about the weekend that we had with football. A lot of great games, a lot of great performances. We'll definitely be touching base on a few of those. Check me out on Twitter at no need to a. Let me know what you think. Uh, I'll be definitely putting up some polls when it comes to the MLB playoffs, AL, NL. Who's going to be in the World Series? What's going to be going on there? So check those out. Let me know what you think, and we will get going from there. So. There is the bell. So let's get started with my weekly, you gotta be kidding me. So first moment, Jared Goff on Thursday night. If y'all remember, this is one that I took the Vikings in the upset. I thought after the Bills smacked them in the mouth that they would come out and they would take care of business in Los Angeles against the undefeated Rams. It was a close game. I mean, it was one of those where I was, you know, always thinking while I was watching it, the Vikings had a chance of coming back in this one and kind of, you know, bringing it together at the end of the game. But I mean, as close as the score was, Los Angeles just dominated that entire game. And you look at Jared Goff. I mean, he is putting together an MVP performance in the first four games of the season. But Thursday night, coming off of a short week against the Minnesota Vikings defense, that is this you know, top rated, you know, one of the best last year, supposed to be one of the best again this year. And Jared Goff has seven incompletions, 465 yards and five touchdowns. And what a day for Cooper Cup. Nine receptions, 162 yards, two touchdowns. Brandon Cooks, the new acquisition from New England. They might, you know, New England might be missing this guy. I mean, they look pretty good against the Dolphins, but goodness, Seven catches, 116 yards, one touchdown. Robert Woods, five catches, 101 yards, one touchdown. Todd Gurley got into the mix. He had 73 yards receiving with one touchdown and still added 83 yards of rushing. So, I mean, you look at the yards and the points and everything that they did against this Minnesota Vikings defense. I know they were coming off a short week and they were traveling, but defense is supposed to travel. And it was just a really poor outing again by the Minnesota Vikings defense. And you just look at this game, and I thought for sure Minnesota was going to come back with some fire. But 
you know, you're kind of wondering, you know, do they have light, right leadership on that team? How are they going to come back from these two losses? You know, they're sitting at one, two, and one, not looking very good, especially with the way Chicago is playing in that North Division. And leading to Chicago, you got to be kidding me. How about Mitch Trubisky? Oh my goodness. He absolutely tore it up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who looked so good in the first three weeks. Even though they lost last week, they still looked really good against the Steelers and were able to keep up with that offense. Fitz Magic is officially done. Jameis Winston was officially named the starting quarterback moving forward after they have a bye week in week five coming up this week. I, I mean, he just couldn't get anything going. One interception, 50% completion. Uh, you know, the head coach after the game said, you know, everybody on this team should be fired, including himself. But we're here to talk about Mitch Trubisky. I mean, seven incompletions, 354 yards, six touchdowns. Now, I'm going to say it was really only five touchdowns because the one to Gabriel, you know, the little short pass, I mean, it's kind of taken the place of the wrap around kind of reverse with the receivers just in case something happens with that exchange it is still a forward pass so I'll give him a little pass on that sixth touchdown but I'm going to count it officially in my book as five touchdowns but what a day I mean just about every receiver that got on the field got to score a touchdown in this game they absolutely just dismantled the Buccaneers and you know kind of showed with this defense you know what Mac has really done rejuvenating this team and what one player can do to disrupt a game I mean he has truly come in and every single game he's played with these Bears so far has made a huge impact in the game and it's really going to be interesting to see how this you know whole division plays out because with Chicago playing this way if Mitch Trubisky can even be half of the man that he was yesterday and this defense can continue to play the way they are with Mac leading them and if they can stay healthy, they are going to really put a showing on in the North Division. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. But Mitch Trubisky, you got to be kidding me, man! You got to be kidding me, my Colorado Rockies. It is just a shame to watch what has happened over the last two months of the season. If anybody was listening to me before, uh, I, when I was talking about the MLB playoffs coming up and the wild card race and the NL West race and everything that was going on with the Rockies at the time. I said 92 wins is going to get you the division. And, you know, I said that before their, you know, homestand and the long road trip that they had to take before they finished out the season on their seven game homestand. And I mean, it just, when I went through the schedule, it looked like 92 games was going to get you the NL West. And, they're sitting at 91 and 71, same as the Dodgers, and now they're having to play a tiebreak game. So I hate to say I told you so, but there's no need to argue about what I said with the Colorado Rockies. Leading into that, you've got to be kidding me with the way that they've finished the year. I mean, they go 9-1 and in the last 10 games. They celebrate with the champagne and everything that they did when they sealed a playoff win, and then they go ahead and drop one to the Washington Nationals at home and then finish it out with a win and have to play this tiebreaker game. And you think back to the road trip when they went to San Francisco and to Los Angeles for seven games and they went 0 for 7 in those seven games. All you needed was one win and the offense was completely 
absent in those seven games pitching we've had our fiascos with John Gray everything that happened with him on Saturday night I mean it's just a little crazy the way this whole thing has played out and now it's trending because the Dodgers have added one more in the bottom of the sixth here so it's 5-0 that the Rockies are going to have to go to Chicago tomorrow with a really quick turnaround they're going to have to go from Los Angeles all the way to Chicago and play another game tomorrow to get into the playoffs and then they're going to have to play the red hot Milwaukee Brewers. So it's really not trending well for the Rockies the way they could have had things set up. I mean, gosh, get to 92 wins and then you hold home field advantage against the Atlanta Braves. I mean, you don't even have to play this playing game and we were going to start on Thursday in Colorado where we've been so hot, been scoring 10 plus runs how many games to end the season and now we're going to have to go to Chicago and play the Cubs. I mean, it's just going to be tough. And this team is built to win now, was built to go deep into the playoffs with the pitching staff that we have established here this year with our young guys, minus John Gray. I mean, you need to send him back down to Albuquerque because he is not getting it done, and he needs another wake-up call because he's not going to last long if he keeps putting out the showings that he is. But it is absolutely just crazy to me that we had everything in our grasp to take this thing, stronghold the NL West, and the Rockies just can't find the bats. They can't find the offense. I don't know if it's they're trying too hard. I don't know if the moment's too big for them. You would have to think not with the players that we have and the big moments that they've played in and the things they've been able to accomplish over their career. But, I mean, come on, guys. You might get shut out in Los Angeles in a tie-breaking game that means everything for your season and what it could mean for the playoffs moving forward. You gotta be kidding me, Rockies. You gotta be kidding me. Okay, last one here to wrap it up. I mean, I gotta I gotta say it. I, I pumped it up to everybody on all my previous shows and talked about how excited I was for the Ryder Cup. But USA, I mean, come on. What a showing you guys put together for this Ryder Cup. And I know you know, everyone says, well, USA just can't win when it's hosted in Europe and we haven't been able to win in Europe in all these years and blah, 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 blah. But you got to be kidding me, USA. The showing that we put out there was just tremendous. Lee bad. I mean, Tiger Woods, like, where were you, man? You come in with the, I mean, tournament of almost a lifetime and that's up against a heck of a resume and there's no wins for you now I know that the pairings were a little weird it was a little off you know Jim Furyk was trying some new things and some different pairings that he thought would be strong in areas but I mean it's just you know Europe gets up for this thing and you can just see you can see it in their play and in their mannerisms and everything that they do they just get up for this thing and USA for some reason kind of go in with a mental block I mean, last year it was such an amazing Ryder Cup to win it back here in the States, the way everyone played. I mean, Patrick Reed and Jordan Spieth and all these guys that just led the way, making putts, making shots when they needed to in all the clutch moments. And this year, like, where did everyone go? I mean, Jordan Spieth, I know that you've had an off year, man, but come on. 
You needed Justin Thomas to win everything that you did this weekend. For a guy like Jordan Spieth to go against Olsen in the singles match to lose 5-4, and four, you're better than that, Spieth. You're so much better than that. I mean, Patrick Reed takes care of Hatton, who was a very, very hot player in the month of July and August. Justin Thomas goes out and beats Rory McIlroy. You know, McIlroy on 18 had some, you know, bad shots and some things that went south on him, and Justin Thomas pulled it out. I mean, you know, what more can you say? You got to make the shots when they come. Justin Thomas made the shots when it meant most on the 18th hole. Rory McIlroy didn't. We've seen that happen from Rory McIlroy before. You know, not a huge surprise there. I mean, Webb Simpson goes out on singles yesterday and beats Justin Rose, arguably the hottest player in the past two months in the entire world, and beats him 3-2. and two. Tony Finau goes out and beats Tommy Fleetwood, who hadn't lost all weekend, 6-4. and four. I mean, we had some guys really show up to play yesterday and give ourselves a chance, and everyone else just kind of faltered. I mean, Woods going against the young John Rahm, you know, just couldn't finish things out. Dustin Johnson going against Ian Poulter. I mean, Ian Poulter, he's just a no-show sometimes in the middle of the summer, and yet he gets to the Ryder Cup and just comes alive. But Dustin Johnson, you're world number one for how many months in a row, man? Play like it. You know, Ricky Fowler was hitting amazing putts and staying in it, but he couldn't get anything to capitalize against Sergio Garcia. Phil Mickelson, I mean, the entire weekend was just a complete waste of a captain's pick. You know, you thought that, you know, his experience and everything in the Ryder Cup and in his PGA Tour would kind of show up at some point, but Francisco Molinari took care of him yesterday real easily. I mean, Bubba Watson against Henry Stinson, I mean, that's a tough matchup, especially the way Bubba's been playing, but... I mean, to lose five and four. And then DeChambeau, you know, had some close ones and was up on Noren, and they went back and forth, and then Noren ends up pulling it out. I mean, no one could finish. It seemed like when the moment got a little too big, the USA just faltered. I didn't even want to talk about the Ryder Cup today because I was just so devastated watching it this weekend. And to come out and go three and one on Friday morning and to take care of business the way we did and then just completely downhill from there. You you couldn't ask for a better start having the Ryder Cup in France, in Europe, and we go out in the first foursomes and win three out of four. Ugh, it was just, it was hard to take. And any golf fans out there know exactly what I'm talking about, but you got to be kidding me, USA. Wow. Anyways, we will definitely uh, move forward here and get back into the NFL. I mean, what a weekend it was. We had some great, great games. Uh, You know, the Texans and Colts go into overtime. Colts go for it on fourth down. Everyone's like, what are you doing? Coach is like, hey, I'm not playing for the tie. It's a risk I'm willing to take. And they give up the ball with great field position. Texans have like 20 seconds left. They have... Like a 25-yard pass, they get into field goal range, they win it. I mean, what a crazy end to the game. The Packers shut out the Bills and just take care of business. Josh Allen did not have a good showing at his first time in Lambeau. The Bears and Buccaneers we talked about. The Cowboys and Lions have a really tight one to the very end. My lock of the week, the Patriots just completely take care of the Dolphins. I mean, it didn't even look like the Dolphins belonged in the NFL watching that game and the way the Patriots played against them. Uh, you know, I mean, Bengals and Falcons, what a game that was to the very, very end, the back and forth and the offense and the plays that were made. I mean, just a tremendous, tremendous game. You got the Titans beating the Eagles. I did take the Titans in this one. Uh, you know, I felt that being at home, 
you know, Carson Wentz coming to his second game back, had a really good first game, but he might have a little bit of a, you know, not let down, but maybe just a backtrack in that second game back from his injury. You know, Titans played really, really well, fought to the end, and that's two games in a row now that they've been able to win by a field goal. I mean, Browns and Raiders, there was pretty much no defense in that game, and the Raiders end up winning it with a last-second field goal. Uh, you know, just really good games, uh, you know, all across the board. I watched the Ravens and the Steelers last night, you know, Steelers made a push, tied it up at halftime. And then the Ravens just completely owned the second half. And Ben Roethlisberger didn't look like he knew who he was throwing to or who he was supposed to throw to, or if he did throw to him, it was an off pass. He just didn't look good in the second half after the comeback they made in that second quarter. And then the Chargers, I mean, you look at the 49ers, they lose their star franchise quarterback. The Chargers come in there at home, and, you know, you just expect the Chargers, I mean, I expected the Chargers to blow them out of the water, and they end up winning by just two points against the 49ers who have, you know, their quarterback gone and everything that they kind of, you know, have going for them is kind of lost with Jimmy Garoppolo, and they still make it what a tight game you know, away from home in Los Angeles. So, you know, what a good weekend of games it was. We had some great college games on Saturday, but the game tonight is the one I care about most. Broncos and Chiefs, Monday night. Chiefs are coming in 3-0. and Pat Mahomes is trying to break and set every single record that you can as a quarterback in a single season or even single games right now. They're so hot. They have so many weapons, but this is how I look at it. You know, I had Tanner my brother on last Thursday before the Vikings Rams game. And we talked about this game. How did the Broncos win? You know, what do the chiefs look like? How can we get this thing done? I tell you what, this is my take, how the Broncos win. You got to make sure that the chiefs are kicking field goals all night long. They might put up the big plays. They might put up the big yards, but when it comes down to that red zone, the Broncos have to make sure that the Chiefs are kicking field goals. No possible way we can let them score touchdowns 50, 60, 70% of the time when they get into that red zone or give up the big plays and expect to win this game. I just don't see it. It's got to be a field goal battle, and the Broncos have to respond with their own offense and take care of business when they get into that red zone. And Case Keenum needs to be really on point when he gets into that red zone. No turnovers. Throw the ball away if it's not there. Don't take sacks and get us out of field goal range. Take care of your business when you get into the red zone and get points every single time, no matter what. And the last thing is special teams. I mean, Tyreek Hill is an absolute beast out there in his return game and the way that they structure everything around his skill set and what they want to do with teams. So the special teams have got to play a huge role in this game, shutting him down, finding ways to make plays when they have the opportunities because it's got to be a grinded-out victory like we had in Week 1 and 2 against the Seahawks and the Raiders, respectively, or we're not going to win this game. If we get into a shootout with Pat Mahomes, it's going to be very, very tough for the Broncos to keep up unless we have some spectacular, spectacular plays, which could happen on Monday night, but I just don't see it. It's got to be a field goal battle. It's got to be Butker versus McManus, and who's going to make the play at the end of the game to seal the deal. Monday night, this is the entire country world watching this is this is where you got to make a name for yourself, Case Keenum. 
You sign the big contract. You come to Denver. You want to show everyone that last year wasn't a fluke. This is the game that you do it. You get the Broncos to 3-1. and one, You get a half-game lead on the West in the AFC. And you show everybody that I can do this thing on a high level. And I'm going to take this team to where we want to go this year. Because that's what's expected of me. Be the leader we signed you to be. That's how the Broncos win this game. And there's no need to argue about that. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the game tonight. I know I'm going to. It's going to be an absolute blast. I hope that we have some fun things to talk about on Thursday when I join you guys again. We'll look forward to next week. What's going on with everything? We have a lot of injuries in the NFL. We'll definitely let those play out during the week before I kind of just start spitting them out to you. But, you know, a lot of things are going on injury-wise in the NFL. A lot of players being moved around and things that are happening uh, with these teams that haven't had the best starts. So it's going to be a fun, fun show on Thursday. I will talk to you guys then. Enjoy the game tonight. Go Broncos. Thank you all so much for listening again. Until next time, I'm Kobe Wittick, and there's no need to argue about that.